0: Hello everyone, I'm Alex Majorana and I'm Sydney Lynch and this is Little Known Tracks. Today we spoke to Talia Amira, a jazz vocalist and multi-instrumentalist from Montreal. Talia learned not only music but culinary inventiveness at a young age and has since developed her ability to discern pizza dough.
1: She puts a lot of time and attention into creating harmonized solo covers inspired by the idea of adding her own personality to each song. She released her first EP, About the Weather, in 2020, and plans on releasing her second before the end of the year. Without further ado, About the Weather by Talia Amira.
2: Forge my notes so it wouldn't catch your eye Apologize for something but I ain't got a thing to hide Walk for days through miles of waste just to find my way to you I've grown too sure that my bones are still sore had our time in pastures green Now the land dried up with the soles of my feet I can feel that something's gonna change I can sense the loss before it's gained And simple requests for minor decency overshadowed by your desire for something i mm-hmm.
0: Amira, thank you so much for being on with us today. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, the first thing that we want to talk to you a little bit about is your cooking. Uh, you said you you really enjoy cooking. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, how you started cooking and why you enjoy it.
3: Um, I think, I mean, I started cooking when I was really young. This is kind of really funny, but I had... Um, this book called there's a chef in my world, I think was the first one I had by Emeril Lagasse. I don't know if you guys remember him, but you know, it was kind of an icon back in the day. And it was basically just, I think what he did was he compiled a bunch of, um, different nationalities dishes. Like I think little kids wrote in or their parents probably wrote in and, um, just like shared a bunch of different dishes. And I was, so I was like, Whoa, this is so cool. You know, I learned how to make super Americanized dinky fried rice and like, just like all the these little things. And I was like, Oh wow. Like I learned how to cook shrimp and all of this stuff. And I was really, really, really into it. And my parents kind of let me experiment probably more than the average parent would have. Like at some point I was like, I found out about deep frying. I was like deep frying spaghetti noodles <laughs> for no reason. But yeah, so it's something I've been into since, since I was really, really young and kind of, I don't know, I just think it's a really nice way for me to turn my brain off sometimes, because I don't know if I like this, but my brain just kind of keeps chattering away. And like when I cook, you know, you have to be really present, obviously, because you don't want to cut yourself or burn yourself or anything. And I don't know, I just love the, the creativity and how much of like your senses get involved and you know, you can start with a recipe and kind of go off. So I don't know. That's why I love cooking.
1: So are you a recipe kind of person or are you like whatever you feel goes into it? Most of the
3: time I'm like, a whatever you feel goes into it kind of person. But, you know, for stuff like, you know, pizza, like, I don't know how to make a dough. I don't know what's a good dough consistency. (laughs) But so what I'll normally do is like, look at a recipe, kind of understand it, be like, okay, like these are the components. And then, kind of wing it I have I feel different probably taste buds than a lot of the people I take recipes from so I kind of know how to interpret them so,
0: so as of right now uh, what is your favorite thing to cook
3: oh, that's a good question I don't know recently I've been really into pizza So probably that, and then I've been really into baking recently, which is kind of, you know, new for me. And uh, I'm like really into spiced things, like a lot of warm spices, ginger, cloves, nutmeg, anything that I can use. And that goes savory too, which is really fun. Um, Cinnamon, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, my two big things would probably be um, pizza and then on the sweet side, um, cinnamon rolls or ginger molasses cookies.
0: So you're baking is a much different process.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you do you have um the the general gist of the consistency of pizza dough now?
3: Yeah, I would say so. I mean I use like yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, I'll
0: say so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you do. <laughs>
3: we'll go for it.
0: <laughs> Listen, as long as you have the general gist. You deep fry your pizza dough and see what happens.
3: Hey, I've seen it been done before. I'm sure it would be fun. Like put a little stuffing inside there. You guys have emboldened me. Maybe I'll do it next.
1: (laughs) You heard it here first.
3: Yes. It's (laughs) on the record. Now I have to do it.
0: So you're obviously a very um, creative person, even in cooking and whatnot. And you said that you play a lot of instruments, Tell us a little bit, like, what are your non-primary instruments?
3: Um, I would at this point count my non-primary instruments as piano and guitar. I actually started as a pianist and then that didn't go so hot. Um, and now I hurt myself, like my arms. I have really tiny hands. So playing piano, you know, at the higher levels became like super strenuous. I wasn't able to do it in a healthy way. So, so I would say piano is now my secondary instrument and then guitar is like a fair bit below that. And then pretty much, um, I feel like once you kind of get an understanding of, of music, it kind of becomes easier to pick up other instruments. So like I taught ukulele for a little while and like a little percussion here and there, but yeah, I would say voice is my main instrument. And then, and then everybody else joins the party a little later.
1: (laughs) So do you just feel that like you're able to naturally pick up those kind of instruments once you start working with them? Uh, well,
3: in a way, yes, it depends. It depends obviously on the instrument, but I would say like anything that's kind of in more Western tunings first off, because, you know, you, you have a whole, you know, the amount of instruments that exist in the world is really outstanding um, if you think about it. But if, you know, it's Western tuning and then it's fretted, you can kind of, deduce okay these are like the pitches of each string and then you know you kind of work your way around it after a while do you sound amazing obviously not it's gonna take work but you know it starts to become easier after a while also I think the mechanism like mentally um of picking up an instrument once you kind of develop it's almost like a workflow like he's like okay I have to familiarize myself with you know how to produce different pitches, and then how I can navigate going from one to the other, and then you bring in scales. So I feel like when you're on your third or fourth instrument, not to, like, not to sound cocky or whatever, but once you're, once you're a couple of instruments in, you can kind of, you know, it, it's great for the ego because you're obviously not gonna sound good, but
0: you can figure it out. <laughs> so if I were to hand you a saxophone,
3: I played saxophone briefly. Okay.
0: So if I were to <laughs> hand you some instrument that you do not know how to play, how long, how long do you think it would take you to get like a general gist and be like mildly adept at it? We'll say, you know, like,
3: like I'm, I'm harsh on myself. So I'm going to say at least a few weeks, at least a few weeks. If it's something like, um, if it's something like a brass instrument, though, you can catch me in months.
1: Cause the that's still like not a whole lot of time to I'm, I'm really real harsh on
0: myself. I can learn an instrument in like two weeks.
3: But it's like learning is also relative, right? It's like what am I gonna play on yeah. those instruments? Right. That's like a whole different ball game. <laughs> and oh. are people going to enjoy it? I brought home a trumpet one time. My whole family was very, very displeased.
1: <laughs> and how long did you play that trumpet
3: for? Not long, let's say. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't allowed to shine. <laughs> so,
0: when when did you start playing music? When did you really start to get into uh, music?
3: I think I was six years old when we got a piano for the whole family. It was like the family piano. And uh, my parents surprised us. I had a friend who was playing piano and I was like, oh, that looks really fun. Because obviously at that point, I, I started kindergarten at six years old. There's like this weird law thing with dates of birth in Quebec that I won't even get into. But I started kindergarten Well, I was five and my birthday is in October. But that's details nobody needs. Um, but yeah, when I was in pre-K, I was like, in music class. And I was like, okay, guys, this is kind of boring. Like, what are we doing here? And also it sounds bad, (laughs) but, um, I had a friend who was taking piano lessons and it just looked really fun. And I was so fascinated with the fact that, you know, she was able to play different notes and sounds would come out, um, that to me were beautiful at the time, uh, to my little innocent ears. (laughs) And, um, I guess, my siblings and I pestered my parents enough. I have like two siblings and I think we collectively pestered them enough that, you know, we, we ended up getting a piano and then, you know, we started piano lessons then, but uh, I think they regretted it very quickly. <laughs> my siblings, they were like, oh, I'm really not into this. And by that point, my mother was like, you guys committed. So you're all into it. And I kind of viewed it as a chore up until I was 13 And, uh, I was actually in class. I had like this very specific moment because when we were 13, we were allowed to decide whether we wanted to quit or not. So I was kind of, oh, do I want to quit piano or not? And this girl was writing in her notebook and she was writing, I love music. I love music. I love music. And I was like, you love music. I love music. And then I like had this like (laughs) moment where I was like, oh shoot, I love something and it's music. And that's like, the best and worst moment of my life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was like a nice thing to realize because, you know, when you're that age, you kind of want to throw yourself into an identity. Everybody's so lost and confused. So I feel kind of grateful that I had music to be my thing because, I mean, out of all things you can have as your thing when you're 15, that's a pretty cool thing.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, not when you're in school bands, but... <laughs> So did you start writing music when you were 13? Or did you were you just learning the mechanics of it? Because I love the stories about the music about age 13.
3: (laughs) I have an extremely valuable and embarrassing story about when I first started writing music. Um, Like, actually, I think, I think it was the year before I was in class once again. So clearly, my school was extremely valuable for me. And this girl was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, I want to be a singer. I want to be a musician. She was like, do you write music? And I was like, no, I don't. And then she's like, how do you think you're going to be a musician if you don't write music? And I was like, shoot, you're right. And then I was like, got to write music. I was like, what do I have to write music about? I'm like 12 years old at the time. I'm like, what does a 12 year old have to write about? I was like, I have a huge crush on the Jonas Brothers. I have a huge crush on Nick Jonas and it hurts my heart. We won't be together.
2: <laughs> so
3: oh. that's
1: what my first talk was about. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, so absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm sure this will get back to
0: <laughs> We talk about the Jonas brothers too much Do you? here. Well, no a
1: very heavy topic. There's we don't talk, talk about them. Yes, thank you. We don't talk about them enough. I'm so glad. I like the
3: Jonas Brothers.
1: I love the Jonas Brothers. Oh, please
3: tell me more briefly, if you don't
1: mind. Uh, never written a song about them, mm. but one I step ahead of
3: you. Yeah, I
1: hope to be on that <laughs> level one day. I'll be here to support.
0: Yes. but If you write it, I'll I'll workshop it.
1: All right, all right. That's my uh. You heard it here first. I'm so. I'm excited. writing a song. I love about it. the Jonas Brothers. Necessary. <laughs> oh, but that's so funny. So, how did that experience, you know, of you know, saying, "Oh, I have to write music to be a singer," has that, you know, influenced you? Like, do you think about that when you're writing music now?
3: Um, I think now, like, writing is more just like, "Oh, I want to write a song, so I'm going to write a song." But I definitely like at the beginning when I first wrote that song, it was not good, as one would imagine, and um, <laughs> I. Uh, I kind of was like, oh, I remember like that night I was like in the shower, just like, you know, like in the movies they're like in the shower thinking deep. And I was like, oh my God, this was terrible. I'm never going to be able to write a song. And then I basically just like started, you know, whenever you have big feelings, you're like, how can I get this out? I'm not one for anger. I don't punch walls or anything or like scream into a pillow. So I just started like every time something would happen to me, I was writing a song about it. And I felt like I was Taylor Swift, you know, I was like, I'm going to write a song about you. But, um, and so then it kind of became more of a habit than anything, like rather than, oh, a, a thought or anything, it was just like, it became like a, a nice coping mechanism, which I'm like, so grateful that I've had growing up. Um, and yeah, now it's just more, I don't know, it's like a fun thing. Let's, let's see what's going on in there, you know, and you can kind of sit down and sometimes you had no idea what was going on and you're like oh shoot I should address that or oh I should you know tell this person I love them or you know so that's kind of how it evolved
0: so do we think we're going to be uh rewriting a a Jonas Brothers song anytime soon are we gonna I don't
3: know you know I don't know Nick Jonas is on The Voice. He's, he's getting some visibility right now. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll write about how, how good of a judge he is. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I'm sure he's doing well. I have a fond space in my heart for him. Uh,
1: Nick Jonas can do no wrong. Apparently not. Geez, I didn't realize.
0: So anyways... <laughs> So, in uh, the vein of writing music, you also said you uh, like do beats and stuff like that, or at least mm-hmm. that's something you've been um, playing with uh, as of recently. So, like, how did that start? When did you start kind of messing around with that?
3: Um, I think for that, that came kind of. I went through this period where I became really strict about what my de- definition of being creative was. Um, which now I'm, I've been actually really actively working to, you know, broaden it up. For example, candle making can be creative or, you know, things like that. But um, I was like, oh shoot, like I can't write a song. And also for me, writing a song came with like this list of requirements, you know, it had to be groovy. It had to be catchy. It had to be, you know, not depressing. You know, I had all these like boxes that I was kind of putting myself in and after a while there was no more room. So I was like, um, well, I'm pretty sure I can kind of understand that creating something out of thin air is, is creative, you know, logically, even if I can't feel it emotionally. And, um, I got a free, you know, version of Ableton that comes with, I don't even remember what piece of hardware that I had at the time. And I was just like, okay, well, there's like some cool sounds on here. Let me just like Tinker around and try to invent something. Um, so that's kind of like where beats came from. And um yeah, are they good? Probably not, but it doesn't really matter, you know. It's kind of about the idea of like, oh, like I actually want to practice not being, you know, at the top of my game all the time, if that makes sense. And I'm not saying that I'm always at the top of my game by any means, but I think I have a perfectionistic way of existing so for me beats are like a really cool way to you know come to terms with perfectionism so that's kind of where they came from
1: do you think you'll ever work them into your music at all in the future
3: Hmm. maybe but the the genre is kind of different in a way um maybe another project will come of it and that would be super cool i think it's really fun to kind of put on different hats and take on different personas in your music so I mean it's definitely possible
0: so as of right now the beats are less of a like let's like write something and make something and more of like a uh, let's just mess around a little bit and have some fun just yeah stress or something like that
3: yeah I think that well like I was I was in music school I've been in music school I just graduated last year for the past oh my god like seven years or eight years or something like that like a crazy thing so much time and although it's like a super valuable and beautiful experience it's also like really difficult because you're constantly under scrutiny and so you begin to judge yourself before the next person can right like you're in front of you know adjudicators and you're like okay, well, I got to know that, you know, this note was pitchy and, you know, my time was iffy over here and just all this stuff starts to kind of go in your head. And then you kind of start living with that chatter going on. So I think that it's like a really nice way to come home to why you would make music in the first place. That's what I'll say.
0: So, um, one of, one of the other things that, you do is you've been making uh covers of songs but you do them with many versions of yourself sort yeah. of so i think at, like, how many takes does that take like how many times do you have to record and like um, record to kind of get that where you want it to be
3: Um, that's a good question uh i would say like for like a three minute cover Like it's, 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 it's a lot of hours of work. I'm going to go with upwards of like 60, 80 hours of work. It's a lot. I kind of go into this crazy, like tunnel vision. Like I have a vision and I'm going for it. And then like, you know, maybe one day, 12 hours will go by and maybe one day, two hours will go by. But um, I mean, once, once I get started, which is always the hardest part, because I'm like, I have this huge mountain to climb every single time. Um, which is also something I'm working on. I, I don't want to view it as a mountain, but a beautiful walk on the beach or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, once I get started and I've gotten the song, which I think is the toughest thing, I really like to, to select songs that kind of, um, when I hear them, I can kind of hear a whole universe in my brain of my own. Um, so once I pick the song, once I do that, I kind of just like sit down and I go and I just go, 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 go. And I'll layer like the same harmony a few times. So I don't know if you guys saw the videos, but each each picture of me is like usually allotted to quite a few voices. Um, and yeah, so, so I can't really give an answer on how much time it takes, but I will say it does take a lot, but it at the same time, doesn't feel like that much. I think the part that becomes tedious is the editing afterwards and I hate filming myself. I'm just gonna put that out there. I like I hate it. I hate looking at the cat, I'm singing to this little block of plastic and metal and whatever. It's just extremely uninspiring, but I try to like keep the final product in mind because if you think about how uninspiring it is too much, it's gonna show. But yeah, the editing is tedious.
0: I that's just so much. I know. <laughs>
3: I probably shouldn't have said that. It's so funny to be like, I'm spending all this time for the internet.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's like, it, it's it impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like a good thing. Thanks. That's not like a, wow, why would you put so much time into that? That's like, that's impressive that you do Thanks. that. Like, yeah. and they look and sound good. This is, Thanks. these are good things. Thanks. Um, So you talked a little bit about while you were saying, like you listened for these songs that kind of, uh, let you get into their universe and st- sort of get into them and I know that um, you've kind of uh, mentioned that a little bit about when you're writing music that's kind of what you're trying to do mm-hmm. so like talk us through that a little bit like if you can just the general gist of of um what you're talking about there
3: like about when it's other people's songs
0: either or it's like you know whatever works for you <laughs> Well, interpret the question how you'd like
3: gorgeous well so I'll start with when it's other people's songs um there are just like man there are just some songs and I can't even begin to touch the surface with with the obviously the ones that that, that I have done so far I, there are so many more but um I, I keep a list on my phone every time a song it makes me go like oh yeah um but like usually I don't even know how to describe it it's almost like I hear like Shh. And then it's just like me and that song. And I'm like, holy moly, this is like the most important thing in the universe to me right now in this moment, there is nothing else. And, um, when that happens, you know, it like almost feels like whoever made that song It's going to sound cheesy, but I think it's really true. Like they just like reached out of whatever interface I'm using to listen to them and just like grabbed my chest and, um, like, I think that's so special. And I think that's so cool. And I think part of me is like, wow, I hope that I can do that to somebody one day. Um, But yeah, I think, and then in that moment, I'm just like, man, like, how can I honor that person for bringing me, you know, that beautiful experience, that beautiful joy, you know, that beautiful moment of humanity almost. And, and so for me, it's like, okay, I can actually take the source material that they've created And kind of mold, I guess, my own universe uh, around it and offer it back to them, whether they listen to it or not. That's a whole different thing. But, you know, I think it's like no art exists in a vacuum. And I think that's something that every artist is really um, aware of. And so it's like really nice to be able to consciously, you know, Um, not broken telephone it but kind of you know say hey I love what you did here's my version of it and then bring that to somebody else and maybe somebody else will not take that song but will maybe do that with another person's art and so if you can create this beautiful kind of web of people inspiring people I think that's really cool and I think that applies to my own music too in a way Uh, but obviously I'm not, you know, getting pulled in from another person's world. I have to create that for myself. And so to keep yammering on that becomes extremely difficult because it's like, what, what source of humanity do I have to pull out of myself? It's vulnerability and not everybody wants to do that all the time, (laughs) but it pays off. So being vulnerable and passing that on to the next person.
1: So to go back to the songs that you're covering and using as that inspiration, does that happen often? Or is it like a once in a little while you hear that song?
3: Um, I think recently I haven't been actively listening to music as much. I think I'm doing it a little bit more now, but um, I would say like, I'll, I'll get that moment. If I'm actively listening to music, like maybe every week, every two weeks, it it really depends. Um, And like, that's not to say that I'm not always listening to really beautiful music, but do I have that feeling of like, oh yeah, I want to, I want to cover this or like whatever, I want to arrange it. That happens probably less often, but I am grateful for any time it does.
0: So you said that you just finished um, music school, right? Yeah. So what are you up to now? What is, what are you, what are you doing?
3: Well, being a musician in the pandemic is a super good, fun choice. Um, obviously, you know, not, not much in terms of like activity at the moment, but I am currently working on my second EP. Well, it might be an album, but I think it's going to be an EP. <laughs> the lines are really blurred on, you know, is it a long EP? Is it an album? Whatever. So working on that, and then I've been writing songs uh, for another project, so I, and that I hope to finish and record this year. So been pretty active on the creative front, which is really nice. But then other than that, just like trying to figure out how to make a living in this time, which is an interesting thing
2: yeah
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everybody I talked to they're like yeah yep and I'm like mm-hmm. yeah. that's the <laughs> so, whole conversation
0: isn't it <laughs> um so you you went through you said seven or eight years of music school mm-hmm. and you talked a little bit earlier about um an injury that stopped you from doing piano you said you hurt your hands and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us about that whole situation and how that impacted everything from that point on.
3: Um, well, first off, I wasn't a vocalist back in the day. And also, I'm gonna be honest, I probably didn't practice as healthily and as much as I could have piano, which is what led to the pain and um but i was like thinking oh i i'm gonna so in i should preface this by saying in quebec we have like a pre-university thing called cegep so basically what they do is they take your last year of high school and your first year of university and make that its own schooling category i guess um so basically i was gonna audition for a music program in stage up on piano and then I was like oh man I can't do this like it hurts it hurts but I wanted to do music and I had sung casually throughout my life and so I was like I'm just gonna give it a go (laughs) and thankfully uh still not sure how I got in (laughs) um but it was like kind of interesting to reframe I guess like how and who I was as a musician um and also to be around people who had been singing for years. Like so many people in the programs that I've been in have been in choirs since they were seven years old or whatever, have been taking vocal lessons, like the whole nine yards, music high schools and stuff, you know? And and so it's kind of like, you look around and you're like, what
2: am I doing here?
1: <laughs> but then you hope that there's a reason. <laughs> so was that like a devastating feeling to have to step back from piano or do you think you were growing as an artist that you were almost ready to take that next step into vocals?
3: I think it's like it should have been devastating but I think I was like oh my my heart's not really in this as much as it should be I guess and I think that that's I love classical music I love listening to it I love experiencing it but I think for me I I did not have the like equipment I guess to emote properly um, through that music um, and I know classical music is like, set, I mean, it's such a wide um, umbrella term to be using. But uh, yeah, I just, I think that for me, I've always been really go with the flow. I make choices with sometimes a little too no information. And uh, I was just like, you know what, I really want to get to this goal of, you know, making music my life. And, and this seems like the, the best route. And I felt like at the time I had done a few shows completely untrained as a singer and I felt like being on stage in that respect was a lot more fun than when I would do piano recitals where I would just have full mental breakdowns (laughs) right before, you know, it was just such a different experience that I was like, oh, piano is the hard thing and singing is the fun thing in a way. And then I just went down the route of the fun thing.
1: So, what was it like going into that audition? Like, I guess, was it an audition? Yeah, it was. Uh, I, don't even, I
3: don't even know what to say because I'm looking back on it and I'm like, girl, what were you doing? I had like taken a couple lessons with this person who was like telling me they were going to help. And it did, like, in the grand scheme of things, like, I got in, but did it help that much? I don't know. But, um, it was just funny because I was auditioning for jazz boys because I didn't want to be in pop for school. And I liked jazz. Did I know so much about, you know, participating in the tradition? No. So, um, what did I sing? I sang all of me. And I think I sang summertime and on summertime I took a scat solo Oh, and I think I did on all of me too. I was like, "What am I doing, girl?" And I was just like vibing. I was scatting and vibing, and they were like, "Wow, did you improvise that?" And like now, in my in retrospect, I know what they meant. Um, <laughs> maybe I don't know. It couldn't have been that bad. I had a musical ear, but um, I'm sure it wasn't delightful. <laughs> but I, I think, I think that the courage is to be commended. Um, but it was definitely a hilarious experience to to, to audition um, as a non-vocalist
1: vocalist and they must have felt you know felt that performance because you got in and look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> majoring in, in jazz vocals yeah
3: I mean maybe I guess they did maybe maybe they were moved by by the sheer I don't even know spirit of it <laughs> they were like a for effort
0: do you know if anyone else also scattered for their <laughs> auditions?
3: I don't think you were I don't think you were supposed to. Uh, <laughs> I don't quite know to be honest. I think they were like, "Oh, you're going to improvise." Okay. Okay. I mean, they asked me to match pitch at first and I was like, "Okay, I can obviously match pitch." Like, you like play a C on the piano, like, "I'm going to know what that is." But um, yeah, I don't. I didn't really ask. Maybe I. I'm gonna text some of the people I know <laughs> that auditioned in that year and be like, "Did you say that, or was
0: it just me? Was it just me?" <laughs> uh, you talked a little bit about uh, your writing for an EP and or an album. <laughs> um, and we know uh, you had on your website and everything that this was was this supposed to be part of the two part with about the weather.
3: Yeah. 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 This was meant to be a long time ago, not a long time ago, but, you know, I I think I set myself a little bit of a harsh deadline that I did not. I I did not follow through with, but yeah, I think like, I guess in a way, like some of the songs that are on the the next project that's going to be coming out, you know, I wrote around the same time as the ones that I wrote for about the weather and then a lot of them are you know from the past year and even from the past few months so I feel like in a way the second part is like a lot more of me growing up so it's it's it, in that way it's like the second part because it's like where I was where I ended up and then
1: and then you know we can put it away and keep going <laughs> yeah let's talk about about the weather. What was the writing process? And when did you kind of start with that EP? I started with that EP. I was playing
3: with a band and we were doing a lot of covers and it was really fun. We were like playing some shows here and there. And then I was like, oh, I should probably play some original music. And I had been writing music obviously for a couple of years, but I never wanted to show anybody. That was like the thing. I think I did not show anybody my music until i was 18 years old or 19 years old probably 19 yeah it took a very long time i basically one day wrote the song about the weather i was like super pissed off which you probably tell if you listen to the song and um it like when I, I think that i had like there's like this this one line i don't care about the weather but i don't want to know when it's going to rain or whatever that's not it but it's close and um, I had that song, that line and I was like, okay, now what? And I was like walking to work. I was working at Bulk Barn at the time. I was walking to Bulk Barn and I was like, I gotta figure out what to do around that line. So I was like, this is hard. And uh, I spent the whole day at Bulk Barn working hard, hardly working, thinking about the song. And then I went home and I wrote a whole song didn't like it and I was like but what is stopping me from writing another one with the exact same line and um, I wrote the first half of it and it felt very easy which is something like I used to tell myself which is one of the boxes that I put myself in I'd be like if the song isn't written by itself very quickly then it's not meant to be I would tell myself that all the time If I, if I don't write this song in the first 30 minutes of me thinking up the idea, then it's not going to happen. It would be like some crazy things like that. But for this song, it happened so quickly. And even in the middle of it, this is not funny, but my friend called me, she had just broken up with her boyfriend. So I took a quick pause. Then I talked to her. Then I used that energy. (laughs) Then I finished the rest of the song. And, you know, breakups are always for the best, not always, but sometimes in this case, um. <laughs> what was that sentence? But yeah, um, then I just finished the rest of the song extremely quickly. And it was like the first song that I like, I was like, oh my God, I think I'm gonna show somebody. And I called the drummer of the band and I was like, Hey Mike. And he's like, hi. I'm like, first of all, I think I uh, used the chords of he had a song at the time, I don't even remember what it was called, but I loved it. It ain't wrong, I think it was called. I was like, I think I used the chords of It Ain't Wrong for the verse of this song that I just wrote, do you forgive me? And he was like, yeah, it's like a very common chord <laughs> <a very laughs> progression. And then I was like, okay, cool. Can I play you the song now? And he's like driving in the car. And his like little friend just called him to be like, can I play you the song? And he listened to it and he was like, wow, that was really good. So then I I like called that friend that I was talking to while I wrote the song and she, she came over and I was like, we were just chatting. And then I was like, hey, I wrote this song. Do, do you want to hear it? and then she was like yeah sure and then I was like yeah I don't I don't think it's that good (laughs) and then she was like okay I still want to hear it and she was super encouraging and then basically I just started kind of showing it to more people eventually showed it to the person that the song was about and even they were receptive so that that was like okay that was the one I was most nervous about and uh yeah we had this like gig there's like this outdoor music it's not really a music festival. It's like a street festival that has music in Montreal, and uh, so I was just like, "Well, I guess now I'm gonna go from having never shown a single song to anybody to playing it in front of you know." It wasn't that many people. It was probably like under seventy people that were there, and uh, it was very terrifying, but also I think like a really nice mark uh, for myself. So that was in twenty sixteen. In August of 2016 and then from then on in January I wrote slowly from because I watched an episode the last episode of a show called the OA which I don't know if you have seen it but it is one of my favorite series they it got canceled after two seasons it was supposed to have five and it's the saddest thing in the world but I know it's so sad
1: save the
2: OA
3: but um (laughs) But yeah, I, I, I wrote that song after watching it because I just felt that, that TV show was like touching on a lot. It was like in a really absurd way, touching on some things that I was like, oh my God, are you, is this true? You know, there's like multi-dimensional travel and like just like really crazy concepts that I was like, why does this kind of feel true? And then I was like trying to grapple with that, you know what part of that is true, you know? Um, so, so that's how I wrote slowly (laughs) and yeah, float just came. I was thinking about a nice picnic, thinking about a summer vibe. And I, I was thinking about what it's like to, to fall in love with a person and to think about what happens when, you know, you're taking that risky moment of of actually letting yourself fall for that person, which is you know what so many songs are in about. But I guess at that time I was experiencing it, and I was like, I don't want anything to to to, you know, harsh my mellow. And so that's what that song's about.
0: So you got to play uh, about the weather, like you said, in 2016, and have you played um, like this EP or any of the other songs or anything? Uh, have you played them live as well? Yeah. Since then?
3: Yeah. I mean, obviously not anytime recently, except for over the internet. But um, you know, I played them over the course of however many years—you know, three years, four years—and it was like a really good time. But at the same time, I was like, okay, time to time to start doing something new. You know, um, obviously, you know we change so drastically within a period of even days or weeks and um you know those songs almost stop feeling like they're yours in a way um when you start getting distance from them and that's why like sometimes I think of like somebody like um I don't know Ariana Grande I'm like well actually no I think she improvises enough to make her her songs seem fun night after night but you know like somebody who goes out there and like sings the same song same way every single day I'm just like man you earned that cash (laughs) you earned it but um (laughs) yeah it's been fun to play them people have obviously been super kind and receptive um, towards that music but at the same time you know and I'll always be very very fond of them but uh I'm, I'm excited to bring
1: new stuff into the mix
0: for sure so tell us a little bit about the new stuff then what's what's coming
1: what can you tell us yeah Sad music no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh what i would certainly
0: us? hope so
3: yeah well definitely you know obviously it's going to be really reflective of the times but i think also just um when when you're growing up and you're kind of just trying to navigate things it's obviously you know not always gonna be not necessarily like like sad but like confusing so there's like a lot of you know exploration of confusion and you know times where you're learning how to give an appropriate amount of yourself to the people around you and so that that's actually something a big theme of this next dp is just like how to navigate um not just being like a pushover and kind of allowing people to to drain you and drain you and drain you because um I've like always I'm not anymore but I have had people pleasing tendencies for my whole life and like I would like go and hang out with people or be around certain people and be like why do I literally feel physically sick like I would feel like I was in Toronto one time and I had hung out with a friend and I didn't even think that I had done too much but I was like on the streetcar and I was like get off like I'm gonna I'm gonna be street car sick (laughs) and just kind of coming to terms with the realization that some people when you start to kind of pull back for your own health and your own kind of like emotional I guess just health again um they're gonna view that as being negative and they're gonna view that as an attack and they might and that's not to say that they're bad people but I just think that in our society what we view as being like compassionate is maybe a little bit skewed um So it's kind of the exploration of, of reclaiming boundaries and understanding that they are necessary and, you know, you're, you're, you're the number one person you should be giving your own energy to.
1: And again, these are very vulnerable topics that you're, Mm -hmm. you know, touching on as you're writing.
3: Yeah, definitely. And it's also like, you have to go back to times where you're like, Oh, I did that. Oh, I don't like that. I did that. You know, like I. I don't want to remember how I just like self-sacrificed because I wanted this person to, you know, fall in love with me that I, you know, stayed up until 4am just, you know, because that's when they got off work. So, and they said that we would talk, like, I was tired.
0: I was freaking tired. So not to put you on any sort of deadline. (laughs) Yeah. But when do you think we can expect to hear the new EP?
3: I'm going to conservatively say early fall late summer at this point but it could very well be before that um who knows everybody will definitely um be uh, notified with an appropriate uh with an appropriate delay but um I don't know I mean I'm working on it now Uh, I don't want to rush it I think with about the weather I kind of rushed it and i think that i could have taken a little bit more time to really flesh out the ideas and like all of the artists that i listen to i feel put so much care and i obviously want to do the same thing but put so much care into kind of every moment every um second of their experience is curated and i'm kind of trying to think about that more than i guess a deadline and who may be listening to it and stuff like that because I mean, with the way things are going, with streaming and stuff like that, I obviously don't have the world's largest um, expectations, so I want to at least make sure that I'm putting out something that makes me feel good.
1: Well, we're excited to hear it. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Sydney, do you have any other questions?
1: So where can we find you? Where can we follow you online? Where can we stream all of your music?
3: (laughs) I am Talia Amira on all streaming platforms. So like Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, probably Napsterities, or I don't even know what those are, but my distributor has them. So hey, (laughs) YouTube. Um, And then I am Talia.Amira on Instagram. Uh, If anybody cares to know what's going on in the depths of my mind, I'm Talia Amira on Twitter as well, which is just a a funny place for me to be silly. But hey, I'd love to have anybody there. Um, And yeah, on Bandcamp, Talia Amira as well.
0: All right. Well, uh, (laughs) Talia, thank you so much for being on with us. This was was lovely.
3: Yeah, it was really nice to speak to you both.
0: This has been Little Known Tracks. Thank you so much for listening. If you or a loved one want to be featured or know someone who should, send us an email at littleknowntrackspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Also, do yourself a solid and follow us at LKTPod on both Twitter and Instagram. See you soon.